Coming right up, Straight Talk with Art Levine. Our focus tonight is the Long Beach Police Department. Our guests, Administration Bureau Chief Braden Phillips and Commander Laura Farinella, Commander of the Gangs and Violent Crimes Division, as we continue to celebrate our 15th anniversary year. In the following program do not necessarily reflect the views of Charter Communications nor its sponsors. We recognize our obligation to present opposing points of view by responsible spokespersons. For information, please contact the director of the program. She stands in the face of evil and will not lose hope or faith. America. Talk is brought to you in part by Southern California Edison. For over 100 years, life powered by Edison. The Press Telegram, your local news leader for over 100 years. And Long Beach Magazine. Coastal living, city style. <laughs> Join us for tonight's edition of Straight Talk. And now your host, Art Levine. Good evening and welcome to Straight Talk. We have a great show for you tonight. Our focus this evening is on the Long Beach Police Department. We have two top experts in the field. First, uh, Administration Bureau Chief Braden Phillips. Uh, welcome back to Straight Talk. Thank you, Art. Pleasure to be here. Uh, we're going to discuss initially the budget. Uh, that's your ballywick. Uh, our general fund here in Long Beach is a little over $400 million, and uh, the Long Beach Police Department budget is 48% of that. A big, big chunk of the general fund goes for police, and of course, no more important subject and responsibility of government than public safety. That's, uh, uh, we, we certainly agree on that one. Uh, the, the magnitude of our budget uh, is uh, predominantly in personnel. We have 1,020 budgeted positions for sworn police officers and 462 positions for civilians. About 88% of our budget is related to personnel costs, uh, salaries, benefits, workers' compensation, and overtime. And we know that the city is facing a tough budget year. It's crunch time. And you can't really get the savings that are estimated to be 20 to $30 million that we have to cut without looking at public safety, police, and fire, because fire is about 20% of the budget. You're 50%. That's 70%. If the savings all come from elsewhere, it, it, we, we decimate parks and we decimate other departments. So police and fire are going to have to find some way to 
contribute to the necessary cost cutting and how do you see that going? Well, I think it's going to be a challenge. Uh, first of all, uh, the mayor and city council uh, have been clear that uh, everything's on the table this year. Uh, we are uh, into our seventh year of budget reductions uh, for the city and uh, the police department, like all the other city departments, has been making reductions for each of those years. Um, for example, we've eliminated over 120 civilian positions, which is almost 20% of our civilian force from when we started. Uh, we'll continue uh, to look over the next couple of months for uh, the savings that each department is going to have to uh, bring to the table to help the city reduce the, the deficit. So your budget these last few years has actually been going down, even as the number of sworn officers has been going up? The budget has actually increased. Within the budget, we have made reductions, but we've also had uh, pay raises for the, the sworn officers, and we've added officers, primarily in the Homeland Security arena. Uh, we had a contract with Long Beach City College to provide both security and law enforcement protection on the campus, and uh, that added uh, about 20 uh, civilian positions. So we've had both uh, give and take in the budget. The budget has actually increased each year, but within those increases, we've also had to make reductions to, uh, to our staff and our programs. Okay, it's uh, always a little baffling to me how these things work. I, I do know that one area that needs to be addressed is, is pensions. And uh, as some of our regular viewers may know, our guest last week was John Morlack, Orange County Supervisor, who's long been an advocate for the need for pension reform and, in fact, was formerly Orange County Treasurer and predicted the largest municipal bankruptcy in history uh, when he ran for Treasurer and no one listened and then it came to pass. But uh, pensions are an, a very important component of cost and what to do about pensions. Well, I think that's a, uh, a difficult question uh, to answer. Uh, as I've said before, everything's on the table this year, and I think that uh, there are ongoing discussions to look at potential uh, solutions that may involve uh, pension contributions. Uh, I saw the show with, uh, with uh, Mr. Morlock, and uh, I think his uh, Measure J or uh, Proposition J that he had put on the ballot uh, is something that our city council has uh, has embraced as well. Proposition, Not, Proposition J requires a vote of the people before any county officials uh, get pension increases. Well, ma'am, and the point that I was going to make is our, our city council has uh, made the mandate that any initiative that comes forward uh, from staff uh, has to be uh, considered for life cycle costs. Uh, we can't just look at a one-year funding of an ongoing program. So any additional pay raises would have to be considered in terms of their life cycle cost. Well, the pension increases that were granted by the Long Beach City Council several years ago, which I strongly objected to, a 30% increase in pensions, course, at the time uh, the PERS fund was, was superfunded, was a huge mistake, and we're still paying for it. So uh, we don't want to repeat that kind of mistake again. So everything's on the table, and uh, the police will do their part in, uh, in bringing the budget into balance, I trust. Yes, we will. Uh, the city manager has, uh, has laid out a blueprint for all of his uh, departments. 
to, to look at everything we do, uh, to define those uh, things that we do that are core services and, and emphasize uh, those areas, and where we have non-core services or duplication of effort between departments, we'll look at reducing those areas of service to save money. Very good. Well, there is some good news to tell, and that's the crime statistics. And joining us in the next segment, Commander will give us the, the very favorable crime statistics here in Long Beach. Stay with us. We'll be back with more of our show after these messages. Electricity is different from any other product we use. We can't store it. We must use it wisely, but can't do without it completely. And there's no substitute for this special form of energy that brings us light, comfort, and progress. That's why California needs new standards that can keep utilities strong, guard against another power crisis, and protect consumers from the kind of shortages that often affect other commodities. Because electricity is different. The Port of Long Beach, one of the region's largest construction contractors, has work for businesses big and small. The SBE, or Small Business Enterprise Program, was established by the Board of Harbor Commissioners in 2004 to boost the local economy. Through this program, small businesses get a chance at big port contracts in the areas of construction, environmental consulting, engineering and architectural services, and more. To learn more, log on to www.polb.com or call 562-590-4146. The Marketplace Long Beach, where you can shop for a fabulous selection of merchandise. Dine out tonight. Shop in a relaxing environment. Explore all there is to enjoy at The Marketplace Long Beach, PCH and 2nd Street, online at MarketplaceLongBeach.com. The Marketplace Long Beach. For over 80 years, Community Hospital of Long Beach has served the greater Long Beach community by providing the best medical care possible with a focus on clinical excellence and a caring, compassionate, personalized approach for every patient. It is our goal to be the community's preferred health care provider, providing a 24-7 rapid response emergency department, a state-of-the-art cancer center, and a free wellness and diabetes program. We are proud to introduce CHLB's new bariatrics program featuring the safe and effective lap band system. Community Hospital of Long Beach. When you have a choice, choose the best. Welcome back. Joined now by Commander Laura Farinello, who is the commander of the Gangs and Violent Crimes Division of the Long Beach Police Department. Welcome to our show, Commander. Thank you very much. Great to be here. Commander has been with the force for 19 years. She supervises 120 officers. And for the record, there are about 200 uh, uniformed female officers in the Long Beach Police Department out of 1,000. Crime figures, good news this last year. Very good news for 2008. For since 2002, for the past five years, we've seen a dramatic drop in our uh, in our crime. So, in the closing of 2008, we saw a 5.6 percent decrease in overall crime, which is which is definitely a kudos to all the men and women out there doing good, hard police work. Yeah. And I know the recent March figures are in, and, and they look good, too. Yes, overall crime is once, down, once again down 1.5%, and we'll take any percentage or any decrease, because that just means a safer city. I was impressed. that They, they break uh, part one crimes against person into violent and nonviolent, and in the violent crimes, the murder, rape, manslaughter was down 8% year to year for the past year. So that, that's, a, that's a great 
great victory. Yes, that's a really um, uh, shows the what we did with our gang crime. Our gang shootings and gang murders were down significantly last year, and I think that's a reflection of that. And yet these economic hard times have triggered some tragic outbursts that we've all read about in the, in the paper. Uh, one at Memorial Hospital, and a, and a friend of mine who works there who knew the shooter said that this person was the least likely human being ever to do something like that. That's correct. My homicide investigators investigated that crime, and for all the people they spoke to, family and friends, work, you know, work people, they all said the same thing. Wonderful man, nice person. This came out of nowhere, and it was unpredicted. Yeah. And there was also a shooting at uh, Arzaba Park involving a, a theft of an iPod, I think, leading to a tragic death. That's correct. We had a young man playing basketball, and his iPod was taken off the bench, and he chased after those that took it and was shot and killed. Uh, since that time, detectives worked relentlessly, and both those suspects are now in custody. And uh, finally, one in Silverado Park, a shooting there. That's correct. And as I was driving here today, more good news, that suspect is also in custody. That's great. Well, uh, the police are on it. I know how committed uh, the chief and his staff are, and, and I've been to press conferences with the mayors there and just say, we're not going to permit this in, in our city. Yes, we have def definite relentless follow-up from patrol officers to the detectives that work with me and the community as well. I think it's a combined effort. We, we're not going to solve crime just with the police officers alone. We definitely need the community's input. And you talked about Memorial Hospital. Um, just a little touch on that as I think as you've seen in Oakland and in Philadelphia where some officers were shot and we're having some um, stressors out there in the community, uh, just people be vigilant and be aware and uh, be cognizant of those they work around and maybe lend them towards the mental health facilities or some help if they see someone struggling. There's an irony here, Braden, that even though the crime figures are so good, we see these well-publicized and tragic outbursts. Is it something in the air now with the economy and the meltdown and people afraid of losing jobs and pressures? Well, I think that that uh, is definitely a factor. Uh, in the last uh, month or two nationwide, there have been uh, a series of, of what we call active shooters that uh, have involved workplace violence, uh, employees laid off, uh, people that have been fired. Uh, and I think it's, it's an unfortunate uh, sign of the economic yeah. times. Commander, you worked on patrol for many years, dealing with gangs. Give our viewers a sense of, of what it's like, what, what, what is the mentality of these people and, and how do we turn it around? It's real tough to turn it around. I think we have to get into the family unit. We have to get into that culture, that neighborhood, and make those people care about that neighborhood to want to change it around and the people that live in it. Um, these are people that that's how they live day to day. Um, they live, that's how they, they, they sell drugs, they commit crimes in order to support their lifestyle. And um, that's how they support each other. Now, in order to get involved in that is to, is to get the young kids early and weed them out of there, show them there's a different lifestyle, that that's not the only way um, that they see their life going. And the breakdown in the family structure has contributed mightily to this gang problem. We see that, I would say, in almost every case. Uh, there's, it's a fragmented family, and uh, just the, as you talk about morals and ethics in a family are not there, and they're misguided. And so the gang, in a sense, even though it's so antisocial, provides a sense of, of belonging and place for people that may not have it elsewhere. Yes, a sense of security. A sense providing. of security. Absolutely. So providing. it does provide, in, in this perverse way, a, a, a social function to the member of the gang. Yes, it does. So we need to provide an alternative and constructive social setting 
for those members. That's correct. And we try to do that through youth programs at the parks and such things as that, even with school programs, to divert their attention from what's going on maybe on the street level to something more productive. Well, I personally in the show has supported the PAL program for many, many years. Uh, sadly, that's gone, but it's been taken over, Braden, by, by Parks and Rec and others. Correct. But uh, working with our young people, it's, and the chief has said it on our show, pay me now or pay me later. Well, I think one, one other factor that uh, is, should be considered in, in how you turn this around is education. Uh, most of the gang members uh, have dropped out of school early on. Um, most of the people that are in jail are, are functionally illiterate. Uh, and I think education is a, is a huge factor in making a change in the way our society deals with the gang culture. But how do you get people to realize the importance of education when they don't have a home with loving parents and no one's encouraging them like many of us have been fortunate? Big problem. We'll be back with this discussion after these messages. Trainees mixes California style with continental cuisine that includes fresh seafood from around the world. Since Phil is the chef, the menu has a wide variety of pastas, salads, soups, and appetizers that feature his unique personal touch. And the Italian-American signature dishes are simply beyond delicious. You never know who you're going to run into at Trainees, from the famous sports legends on the Wall of Fame to local celebrities having a drink at the bar. For the best fine dining experience, visit Phil Trainees. At Performance Plus Tire, you'll find we carry Toyo tires. For over 50 years, Toyo has been a world leader in the development of high-quality tires. Optimum performance, safety, and a comfortable ride. That's what makes Toyo tires great. And now come into Performance Plus Tire for a great deal on these Toyo tires. Proxies ST, Open Country AT, and Proxies 4. Toyo tires, driven to perform. Come in today and we'll install new Toyo tires on your vehicle while you wait. Performance Plus Tire on Cherry Avenue, one mile north of the 405 in Long Beach. Renaissance Pleasure Fair, now in L.A. at Santa Fe Dam. Continuing our conversation with our fascinating guests, Commander, we were talking about gangs and the role that they play. Uh, how do we break the cycle? I mean, gangs have been, in, I think, they're 1% of the population of Long Beach, 5,000 members of gangs in Long Beach. Uh, it stays there despite all the programs and all the efforts. Obviously, the, the gangs are filling a need that society is not filling. How do we address it? 
Well, as we said earlier, I think we have to divert them at a young age. We have to get them involved. So when we traditionally have crime spikes, like at spring break and summertime when the youth are out of school, we need to capture them during those times and redirect them to park programs, to cadet programs like the police department offers, or get them work jobs during the summer months or during spring break. So that way they're doing creative, you know, active things so there's no idle hands and the gangs cannot fill that gap. They're filling it with their own integrity and their own self-esteem with jobs that they're doing. And yet drugs are a big money maker for the gangs and it's like someone's going to work at McDonald's when they can make a lot more uh, selling drugs. How do you, how do you solve that one? That, that's a, that is definitely tough, but I think it goes in hand in hand with the integrity and the self-confidence they feel when they have a job or bring home that paycheck. They know that slinging dope is the wrong thing to do. And it, in they, they know it. They know they, it. They know it. Internally, yeah. you feel better yeah. when you do the right thing. And I think some of the best trainers and workers are former gang members that go back in and tell the younger kids that this is not the way. There, we can have those dialogues. We have police youth dialogues. We will have dialogues with those that used to be in, incarcerated to kind of mentor them and push them in the right direction. Okay, Braden, one of the uh, areas you want to touch on is the newly reconstituted Long Beach Police Foundation. Tell us what they do. Well, the Long Beach Police Foundation is a, uh, a group of community and business leaders that have come together and recreated a 501c3 nonprofit that uh, seeks charitable donations uh, for the police department. Uh, the, the purpose is to uh, really to, to expand our, our training opportunities, to help us uh, keep abreast of, uh, of new technologies, and to uh, establish partnerships with, uh, with the community. And uh, Daniel um, uh, Walker is our current uh, chairman of the foundation board and uh, we are very much interested in, uh, in seeking involvement. Now, some people might ask, with a budget of $192 million a year, why isn't that enough to cover the needs of the police department? Well, as, uh, as I said in an earlier segment, our, uh, our personnel budget is almost 88% of, uh, of the police department general fund budget. Uh, our materials, supplies, support, and training uh, represent only about 4% of the budget. And so we've cut way back on what we're able to send our officers to in terms of, of training. Uh, the Police Foundation is, is helping us pick up some of those gaps. Uh, they recently helped fund an officer to, uh, to go to Israel to learn a little bit more about the way they conduct their own homeland security. And he's training our officers and other agencies back here in the States now. And I know as a member of the foundation board that the foundation is going to support the police awards ceremony. They are. We have an awards ceremony coming up in June. It's going to be a little bit different venue this time. We're going to be doing it at the Carpenter Center at Cal State Long Beach. And uh, it's going to be uh, an evening affair. And uh, the police foundation is indeed uh, graciously providing the leadership and support for that. If any of you personally or through your business would like to be involved and help out with the effort. There's a wonderful brochure that's available and you can go to the website lbpolicefoundation.org. We'll put that website and also a telephone number up at the end of the segment. In the time we have left, Commander, give us just your sense. You've been 19 years with the police department and uh, obviously have risen to high rank. You're, I know you're well, very well thought of in, in the department and in the community. Uh, just gives it, give us your personal observations of being a police officer, what you've seen, what you've learned. 
I think it's a dynamite job for someone who wants to learn something new every day and experience something new every day and not sit behind a desk all day. It's a great job. Community interaction, you're, you're your own boss, you drive around and stop crimes from being committed and, and reach out to the community. What better job could you have? And uh, it's been a great ride for me and I can hopefully have many years ahead of me. And you told me in the green room that a long time ago you worked for CBS television producing a, a show. Well, I was a production assistant. Production assistant. So you don't miss show business, uh, being, out, being out in the field. No, I'm, I'm glad I'm outside. You can drive <laughs> around in a car and uh, communicate with the community. It's really fun. Yeah. Well, I, I, there are so many people uh, are, are, are tending towards jobs that, uh, that uh, support the community. And uh, people are even giving up big salary jobs in the private sector for doing something which they feel uh, worthwhile. Nothing more basic than uh, than police officer in a for a civilized society. And uh, as you know, Brad, and we start each show with a one minute tribute to police and fire, uh, week in week out, who are people that uh, every day risk their lives for total strangers. So uh, through you representing both sworn and civilian arm of the police department, let me thank you and all of your brethren for for what you do for the city every day. Well, Art, on behalf of uh, Chief Tony Batts, I want to thank you for the, the support that you give to all of our public safety uh, personnel, uh, policemen and firemen. Thank you. Thank you very thank much. Thank you very much. Thank you. Okay, we'll be back with the remaining portions of our show after these messages. Welcome to McKenna's on the Bay, where fine dining is complemented with a breathtaking view. McKenna's is a restaurant of incredible ambiance, providing service and cuisine with style, class, and romance. The menu offers a variety of appetizers, serious seafood, prime steaks, an oyster bar, and specialty entrees for either lunch or dinner. McKenna's on the Bay features patio dining, nightly entertainment, and two banquet facilities. No matter what your occasion, McKenna's on the Bay is like being on vacation. Join us today at McKenna's on the Bay. Founded in 1976, Polly's Gourmet Coffee is Southern California's most complete gourmet coffee store. Polly's has the best tasting coffee, freshly roasted every day right in the store. Plus a wide selection of teas, an in-house bakery, espresso bar, patio dining, and more. We also offer Wi-Fi, free internet access for all of our customers. Our nationwide clientele agree, when it comes to coffee, there's only one name to remember. Polly's, 4606 East 2nd Street, welcoming you into Belmont Shore. who are closest to you, from our family to yours. McCarty's Jewelry, since 1932. At Naples Rib Company, we've been around for over 20 years for a lot of good reasons. Our banquet and catering services. Our takeout and delivery. And our great commercials. Food fit for a king. Naples Rib Company, for a real meal and a family deal. great commercials. Find out what we do best at Naples Rib Company. A fascinating show on a critically important issue, public safety, 
and uh, we know the budget times are tough and everything's on the table, but uh, nothing more important to a community than, than public safety. And, uh, you know, how much would you want to be paid to walk into a dark alley with someone shooting at you? Think about it that way. But uh, we need uh, to support our police, but they also need to be cognizant of the tough budgetary times that we are in. So, Commander, it's a pleasure to meet you. Thank you Me again too. for your service to our city. And, Braden, always a pleasure to see you. Look forward to working you with the Police Foundation. Thank you, Art. And thank you all for joining us. Please be with us next week for the next edition of our show. Good night, everyone. Straight Talk has been brought to you by Southern California Edison, The Press-Telegram, and Long Beach Magazine. And remember, Straight Talk is viewable worldwide 24-7 at straighttalktv.com. <laughs>